0: One of the things that I like to point out is how words and pictures work together in comics. That words really give very specific information, the clinical information. Then there's the pictures that give more universal sense of mood and experience and the way things feel. Together, that package really allows for a wide range of giving information and giving a sense of what the experience is like.
1: Thank you for joining us for another episode of FYI, the Public Libraries podcast. I'm Kathleen Hughes, Manager of Publications for the Public Library Association.
2: This episode is brought to you by Unique Management Services. Unique is the worldwide leader in material recovery for libraries with a proven track record of professional and effective communication with library patrons. Unique also offers inbound phone and live chat coverage for public libraries. Are incoming phone calls creating an operational and customer service challenge for your library? Are the communication options on your website inconvenient for online patrons and limited to library hours? Unique solves these problems with phone and chat coverage that make virtual services snap for patrons. From renewing items to downloading eBooks to reserving meeting rooms, Unique offers flexible service formats to keep patrons engaged and active and give library staff more time for in-house patrons and key job tasks. Unique patron service solutions Virtual service solved. Visit librarycalls.com to learn more and schedule your free demo. That's librarycalls.com.
1: Today we are going to talk about consumer health information and in particular, graphic medicine with our guests, Susan Squire and Ellen Forney. Susan Squire is Professor Emerita of English and Women's Studies at Penn State University where she taught graphic narratives, comics to graduate students. She is now visiting fellow at the Freie Universität, Free University, in Berlin, where she is part of a collaboration called the Pathographics Project, a study of the relations between illness narratives and comics about medicine, illness, disability, and caregiving. She is a co-editor of the Graphic Medicine Book Series at Penn State Press, which publishes long-form graphic narratives for classroom use and scholarly studies of works of graphic medicine. Ellen Forney is the author of the New York Times bestseller Marvels, Mania, Depression, Michelangelo, and Me, a graphic memoir about her bipolar disorder. Her new book, The Follow-Up to Marbles, is a self-help guide to maintaining stability with a mood disorder. It's called Rock Steady, Brilliant Advice for My Bipolar Life, and will be out this May. She teaches comics at Cornish College of the Arts in Seattle. Welcome, Susan and Ellen. Why don't you tell us a bit about your background and how it relates to graphic medicine?
3: I was trained as an English professor, although even when I was a kid, the first things I read were comics. And when I became a Virginia Woolf scholar, comics seemed really far away, but I found I was still reading them in different forms. Maybe it was Charles Adams, maybe it was Jules Pfeiffer, then it was Alison Bechtel, but it wasn't part of my work. But then as I started working in the medical humanities, I started finding comics that really helped me get ideas across to audiences in a much more compact and really clear way. Than a long paragraph of academic prose frequently could, and so I started incorporating them in books I was writing and talks I was giving.
0: I'm a cartoonist, and so my where I come from, and this is um, m- much more uh, the creative, the creative end. I've really been doing comics since I since I was a kid, and it was when uh, my graphic memoir about my bipolar disorder. Marvel's Mania, Depression, Michelangelo, and Me. When that came out in 2012, I really had a lot of hopes for it that it would appeal to a general readership, of course, but then also that um, that it would make its way into education and clinicians' hands and therapists and patients, and really have it be um, be used used really. <laughs> Um, and I, that was just a hope of mine, um, but just a couple of months after it came out, um, Dr. Michael Green contacted me from Penn State Medical School to ask if I would speak to his uh, senior seminar class that was a graphic medicine class. I'd never heard of it. I was thrilled, thrilled, and that's when I heard of graphic medicine as a field. The first time I went to one of the comics and medicine conferences, I was just blown away, blown away thrilled at how many people really, comics as uh, important in the health field, how many people took that really seriously and were actually using comics as a, as a, as a tool, as an important and really effective tool. Stories, often personal stories, are a very effective way to get across a
3: number of different kinds of messages about health. I taught marbles in several uh, graduate seminars in the English department, and then I had my students making comics uh, as part of the teaching. And what was so cool is, first of all, the students absolutely loved marbles. They were completely um, just into it, loved the imagery, loved the, the text, but then thinking that graphic medicine was something sort of over there, they were literature scholars, when they had the chance to make their own comics, they found that actually everything we do as human beings has medical components because mm-hmm. we are in a body.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: so they found mm-hmm. their own stories. So these students who had been, you know, I knew them as a Renaissance scholar or an American lit scholar, whatever, getting their PhDs ended up writing comics, doing comics about things like um, post-traumatic stress syndrome that one of them got when his Humvee blew up under him in Afghanistan. Uh, Another talked about his brother's suicide. Another talked about her abortion. And these these just came out. They hadn't gone into Uh the class intending to write about this. And at the end of the class, they were so powerfully engaged with the idea that actually comics could help them tell these stories
1: for our audience, explain more about what graphic medicine is?
3: In the manifesto, we have a bunch of explanations, and what's fun about that is that they start from being very specific, and then they get broader. The intersection of the medium of comics and the discourse of healthcare, but then it's an approach to the education of health professionals, then it's an area of interdisciplinary study, and, and the one that I love is that it's a movement for change. It challenges the dominant methods of scholarship and health care. I would say it even pushes dominant methods of doing analysis of or reading literature. Big time, it pushes that more broadly. So I would say it's comics about medicine, illness, disability, caregiving, and being cared for. And my view of it is it has a very broad scope. It could include the social determinants of health, you know, What are the social conditions that make make people not get well or get sick? Environmental pollution, war, refugees, you know, it really could be big. It started really as a movement to bring cartooning and writing about the powers of cartooning into the world of, medicine, I would guess.
1: And let's get a little bit more into your work. Ellen, why don't you tell us about your work?
0: So Marbles came out in 2012, and that was really my big introduction to this whole field of graphic medicine. And it was a really intense book for me to put together. It's primarily my own story, from my diagnosis to the, through the tumultuous four years for me to figure out how to be stable And folded into the book is also a lot of research that I did about um, creativity and mood disorders and artists and writers through history who have had mood disorders and studies that correlate the mental illness and creativity and back to me and what, that's meant, what that has all meant to me as an artist. I hear from readers and the things that impacted them and who see themselves in it and find hope in it and it's therapists who feel that they understand their patients better. It's made me feel um, very purposeful in, in that way. I have a new book coming out that's kind of the flip, uh, I guess, of Marvels. It's a it's a follow up called Rock Steady, Brilliant Advice from My Bipolar Life. The reason that I that I think it's a flip is that it's mostly information, with my own personal stories folded in. So it's about um, maintaining stability with a mood disorder.
1: The process of creating these two books has that helped you?
0: I would say delving into any any sort of um, difficult pieces of your past and and a big, a big tangle and examining it and un- untangling it is a powerful experience. And definitely making, making sense of things and being able to offer it to other people is a way to take something that was difficult and in many, many ways painful and negative and to turn it into something that feels like a positive thing that I can offer other people.
1: Susan, you are co-author of the book Graphic Medicine Manifesto, which was published in 2015. Can you tell us a little bit about the book and how you became interested in the topic?
3: As I said earlier, I had been doing a lot of work uh, thinking about comics, finding I was talking with people about comics, teaching about comics. I ended up in London. That was the year that the, the first graphic medicine conference was being planned. So I dropped by the conference and was blown away by how exciting it was. And we immediately started planning the next conference, which was in Chicago. One of my colleagues, Scott Smith, suggested that maybe we might want to do a collection of essays about comics. Then we sort of had the idea, what if this collection of essays was actually a book? I, at that point, was on the editorial board of Penn State Press, which is the press that had published Graphic Medicine Manifesto. And we put together a book proposal and got them to agree to publish this book that had cartoons in it and that was about comics and medicine. And then Ian Williams and I launched a series, a book series at Penn State Press, which is called the Graphic Medicine Book Series. And we've published quite a few books in that series, which is incredibly gratifying to us because they also go out there and do the same kind of amazing work that Ellen's Marbles has done. I'm thinking in particular of Peter dunlop shoals book, My Degeneration, that's about Parkinson's disease, and I'm thinking of M.K. Zerwick's wonderful Taking Turns about HIV AIDS, we decided very early on that this was a true collaboration. It wasn't a set of edited essays. It was something we were co-writing. It was a phenomenal community that was created in that experience, and the collaboration itself was just so exciting.
1: How can graphic medicine aid librarians? Efforts to provide consumer health information.
3: Consumer health may be the wrong label, and I'll tell you why. I think graphic medicine does make us all really good consumers of healthcare, but that's very different than saying if you have that you want consumer health information, which to me sounds like going to Medline, you know, or going to some other site where you can self-diagnose. That's not what graphic medicine does, in my opinion. Instead. It gives people ways to orient themselves in the complex experience that is illness and medical treatment, whatever particular position they take in that experience, whether they're family members, whether they are the patient, whether they are a healthcare worker or just a friend. That seems to me to be the most important part of graphic medicine, with the next important part being people who have actual experience with a medical condition or a treatment, telling their story. That story can often involve a whole lot of information, but it's it's just the information alone and something really serious is missed because it's also the emotional impact of that information and the social context of it.
0: One of the things that I like to point out is how words and pictures work together in comics that words really give very specific information, the clinical information. You need to take three spoonfuls every other night. And then there's the pictures that give a more universal sense of mood and experience and the way things feel. And so it really, together, that package really allows for a wide range of giving information information and giving a sense of what the experience is like to be a patient, to be a doctor, to be a mother of someone. One place that I would say maybe a librarian mm-hmm. could start figuring out what the what the community is interested in, what kind of what kind of health issue. It'll be different for different populations. There are two places that I would recommend going to get an idea of the, the variety of books that are available. And one is graphicmedicine.org. And then the other place that I would send people to take a look would be the graphic medicine exhibit and website that I just yes curated for the National Library of yes. Medicine. There are a number of comics that are featured in the exhibit. There's also a curriculum and it's just fabulous. My challenge in Guest curating the exhibit for the National Library of Medicine was basically opening the door and guiding them to a few different tables to present a a kind of smaller array. I think I came up with about 10 books and just a brief introduction to how to read words and pictures integrated as they are in comics. And then just kind of an an overview of some books that are a range of different
3: topics. Even fairly straight-line medical journals are now running either a column or special issues on graphic medicine. So Mm -hmm. this month... AMA, Journal of Ethics, which is an online journal published by the
1: American Medical Association.
3: The whole issue is on graphic medicine. And Matthew No also has graphic medicine book club kits.
1: Librarians often look to review sources before they make a purchase.
3: Graphicmedicine.org reviews okay. gra- works of graphic medicine. If you go on there, there's it's uh, continuously updated and there are a lot of reviews there.
0: Something that has come up uh, a lot as comics and graphic novels are making it into bookstores and libraries is how to categorize them. And there, there isn't a really super easy answer. Like, I would like my comics, to, I would like Marvels to be shelved with bipolar memoirs. And in my local bookstore, it's shelf with the rest of the comics. The hope
3: is that comics will
0: continue
3: to kind of make their way onto other shelves. That's kind of why I was pushing back against consumer health information, because I would rather see them as memoirs (laughs) than consumer health information.
1: That is exactly the kind of thing that needs to be discussed. Like, where will these go? Either one of you have any final thoughts you wanted to share with our listeners? When you find a comic on a particular illness, say on cancer, you'd have
3: to read it yourself first before you decide whether you want to share it with somebody who has cancer. And so librarians, like other people, need to be you know, attuned to not just what's the topic of the book and is someone interested, but what
1: are they going to use it for or where are they going to share it? And Ellen, did you have any last thoughts you want to share?
3: There is
0: one book called Understanding Comics that I think would be an excellent one for any general reader um, who wants to get into comics and is finding that it's not as easy to get into. And I would certainly recommend it to any librarians who feel maybe either overwhelmed or, by comics or, or feel like it would be good to pinpoint some, some things that they might point out to the community that, that they're presenting these to or offering these to.
1: Thank you very much, Susan Squire and Ellen Forney. We appreciate your sharing your time and your expertise and all this great information about graphic medicine. This podcast is part of the Public Library Association's Promoting Healthy Communities Initiative, which is a partnership between PLA and the National Network of Library of Medicines to increase the knowledge and skills of public librarians related to consumer health services. Visit www.pla.org to get more information.
2: Thanks again to our sponsor, Unique Management Services, offering inbound phone and chat coverage to help libraries deliver outstanding virtual service to patrons. Unique patron service solutions, virtual service solved. Visit librarycalls.com to learn more and schedule your free demo. That's librarycalls.com.